Welcome to the Homeschool Show, dedicated to viewing home education and all aspects of life through the prism of God's Word. Thousands of families are experiencing the educational freedoms and challenges of teaching their own children at home. Now here's your host, veteran teacher, homeschooling dad, author, speaker, award-winning film producer, and president of Piedmont Education Services, Greg Munger. Welcome to the Homeschool Show. I'm glad you're with us today. I'm Greg Munger, your host, here on the Homeschool Show, where we talk about home education and along the way look at all of life through the prism of God's Word. Don't forget, if you ever want to contact us, listen to any of our previous shows as a podcast, or ask a question of our guests, you can do so on the web at thehomeschoolshow.net. That's thehomeschoolshow.net. Today, as well as uh, in the coming uh, programs, and maybe and even in some of the past programs, we've been talking about homeschooling, particularly how do you get started? Catching the vision is one of the themes. Uh, why am I homeschooling? Of course, knowing the laws and what legal requirements there are and how do you fulfill them. In particular, talking also about curriculum, which teaching method or approach is best for us, for our children, and how do you organize and, and prepare? Many people ask, what do you do first? What do you do second? All about home education. And today, to help me with Talking about some of those topics is Lori Hammer. Lori, thank you for being on the program. Hi, Greg. You're the owner of the Open Door Bookstore. What is the Open Door Bookstore? Uh, the Open Door Bookstore is a used curriculum store. We do a lot of selling online, and we're locally um, in Algona, Iowa. Yes. And so your curriculum there you have online that uh, we'll have information that the Open Door Bookstore at the Homeschool Classifieds. <laughs> yes, I have a page on there, yes. Homeschoolclassifieds.com. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll also have all that information that folks can contact you if they were interested in some of your used curriculum. Uh, you're also a homeschooling mother. How many children do you have? Uh, we homeschool two children. I have a 12-year-old and a 4-year-old. Okay. So you're right in the midst of it. I am, yes. <laughs> this is our, we're beginning our sixth year of homeschooling. Wonderful. Sixth year. And you're also a homeschool support leader there in the uh, network of Iowa Christian Home Educators. Yes. And what does a homeschool support group leader do besides uh, encourage other people? Do you have other responsibilities there? Well, I'm also a um, homeschool supervising teacher um, in the state of Iowa. That's one of the reporting options that you can have. And so I help people just organize their year, pick curriculum, and then do the visits and the accountability that's needed throughout the year to fulfill the homeschool laws. Well, so it sounds like you're a wealth of information, not only for curriculum, but for how to get started and encouraging people who might need some help. Um, I hope I am anyway, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have been already to me. And um, what we wanted to uh, talk about today is uh, helping folks catch the vision, first of all. Why in the world should we do homeschooling? Maybe you can tell us about some of your experiences. Why did you get started uh, teaching at home? Well, initially we got started, and it, the vision has expanded, you know, over the last few years. But initially, we um, we just wanted solidarity with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want to go in different directions. And my son went to kindergarten and first grade, and I just didn't like him being there. Not that I had a huge problem with the public school system or anything. It was just I didn't like him being away, and I wanted to be the one that was, you know, guiding him each and every day and. He was bored academically, and, you know, my husband and I prayed about it quite a bit. And so we said, well, you know, we'll give it a shot for the first year and see how it goes. And And so we did. And it's just our vision has grown so much since then. And, 
you know, I could probably talk for hours as to why we homeschool and why I think it's important and, you know, all the things, the blessings that God has just showered on us from it. So There are indeed blessings to being with your children and teaching them that God promises a blessing, doesn't he? When, he does. In his he word. does. And uh, you found that with your own two and you're have been homeschooling six years mm-hmm. at it. Uh, is there something that you would say to families, maybe moms and dads uh, who are just thinking of homeschooling? Uh, they're perhaps like you have some reservations about uh, things going on in, in their children's lives. And what can you say to them that uh, might uh, not push them over the edge? That's not the right term, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, give them uh, a further impetus. Yes, I can do this homeschooling. Is there anything that like that that you would help them well, that, catch the That's vision? interesting that you say that because I get that a lot. People say, why, why should we homeschool? And, you know, I don't think I can do it. And the, the first thing I say to them, well, get on your knees and pray. That's a good one. Because you can't do it without Christ. And, you know, God didn't give us our children to send them away for somebody else to disciple them. He didn't give us our children to send them off, you know, eight hours a day or more for somebody else to educate them who doesn't have the same values and the same belief systems and all those kind of things. And so if he's given us these blessings, then he's also given us the tools, you know, by the Holy Spirit um, to educate them, to disciple them, to nurture them so that they grow up and they're warriors for Christ and for a generation upon generation upon generation. It's not about just the now, can I do it? It's how can I make a difference in my child that's going to make a difference in their children and their children and their children. It's you that, know, we, we look at it as a generational thing. It is. Not that, just as a, a yearly thing. It's that multi-generational faithfulness that I've heard mm-hmm. one uh, person call that. And yes. actually what you're doing then and uh, what you're encouraging others to do is Disciple your own children. Right, exactly. It's, nobody else can do that. It's kind of I mean, nobody else can can pray for your children the way you pray for them, and right. nobody else can disciple them the way that you can disciple them. As long as you're guided by the Holy Spirit and you seek God and you know, in every aspect. And discipleship takes time. It's not just uh, a little bit in the evening after they come home from a day being with their peers and with uh, other other teachers. Exactly. You never know when those moments are going to pop up that are discipling, you know, teachable moments, so you can't just plan those. You know, some things can be planned, but a lot of times it just happens, you know, when you're walking by the road and when you're lying down and when you're rising up. Yes. And so when they're not with you, then you, you lose out on those beautiful, those beautiful moments. So the whole theme of discipleship is one that you encourage families uh, in a big way to do. Yes. So then uh, the people have made this decision, I'm going to teach my kids at home and we're going to do this, but the they might be thinking, well, what's the next step? <laughs> what do I do next? Well, the next step is to find out what your state laws are and what's required. And uh, once you find that out, and then, um, you know, what what do I have to do to, you know, meet the requirements? And then sit down and make a plan. I mean, we can't, you can't have any action unless you have a plan to do that action. That's right. Um, so, and some people get so overwhelmed, like, I just don't know what to do next. Well, you have to start somewhere. So pick math, you know, what am I going to do for math? And then, you know, make a plan and it doesn't have to be daily lesson plans, you know, like they do within the school system, but just even just a general idea, this is the curriculum I want to use. And this is the end goal that we want to have, you know, for this next month. If you can't vision the whole year, then just vision a week and then try a month and then, you know, expand your vision from there. And you you know, just have to take little bits at a time. And that is the way God teaches us, isn't it? A little mm-hmm, bit. It is. Uh, in fact, the scripture says, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. 
Exactly. I do remember when I was a, a formerly a classroom teacher at one point in my life, uh, I didn't do my whole lesson plans for the year all at once. We just did them week by week. Right. We had uh, certain books and things, but uh, even in homeschooling, when my wife and I began homeschooling, which you probably do too, you just do a little bit each week. Is that the way you plan it out? I do. On, on Sunday nights, I sit down with my calendar and you know talk to my husband and you know, we plan out what's going on the next week. And we, we don't plan our life around, you know, the, the schooling, per se, project process. You know, that just kind of fills in with everything else that's going on. So we, we try not to be rigid, you know, that math takes precedence over somebody coming to our home who needs some help or, you know, visiting the nursing home or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Or, or if it snows and you feel like, uh, let's study the snowflakes. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> let's just go sledding. <laughs> <laughs> We learn velocity as we're sledding. So there's a lot to do, even in that. Uh, that's sort of a unit study approach. Well, it is, <laughs> uh, and that's that's what uh, homeschooling is so nice to do is that you're not tied. Although sometimes I guess parents do tie themselves to the curriculum, right? They're doing, but you're not tied to it. Well, you've caught the vision. I'm homeschooling because of this reason or that reason. Discipleship and uh, academics are all tied in with that. And I've fulfilled my legal requirements for my state. Now what? What do I do next? <laughs> Help me. Where do I <laughs> get the books? Now you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Open the book and read it. Well, where do you get the books? And that is a question that I get asked a lot. Uh-huh. And probably as a homeschool supervising teacher there in your state, as well as owner of your bookstore, the Open Door Bookstore at the homeschoolclassifieds.com, you probably get that question asked a lot. Okay, where do I get all these books? Well, initially I say, well, you can come down, come to our store and you can look at our books. Yeah. Um, and then we go through lots of different curriculum options, and depending on what I have in the store at the time. And, um, and then we go from there. I mean, there's, oh, a lot of vendors online that, that you can find stuff through, whether it's CBD or Rainbow Resources or The Learning Parent or um, LoveToLearn.net. You know, there's all sorts of different places that you can go to get really good, biblically solid curriculum. Well, you mentioned that there were various approaches or options for uh, teaching. Can you address some of that? Uh, What do you use? How do you approach uh, teaching? Do you have a whole curriculum that you bought somewhere and spent six, seven hundred dollars for, or do you? Oh heavens, no! (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of money. Most of us don't have. Exactly. Um, You know, once again, you just have to pray about it. What are my child's passion? Because each child is different. I mean. There's an age difference between my two children, but each of them has a different passion. And, um, you know, my, my son's passion is history. So then, you know, I pray about that and say, well, what can I use that's going to enhance that passion for him? Um, you know, while doing the other things as well, um, I tend to lean towards we read a lot of good classics, and that's I good. filter those and make sure we're, you know, reading really good character, biblically sound classics, um, even if it doesn't mention the Bible. The, st- the same principles on that. And then we also do a lot of nature studies, um, some unit studies. I guess you would say more of a Charlotte Mason, if somebody's familiar with that type of, that wording. But Charlotte Mason did a lot of nature studies, a lot of just real life, real living books that you can apply to to everything that you're doing. And um, that's pretty much the, the method we take. We use very little textbooks, if anything, just as a reference. I'm not very good at sitting down and going from chapter 1 to chapter 12. Um, we like a lot of freedom in what we're learning, so that gives us the flexibility to 
if we want to study Egypt for a whole year, we sure can go ahead and do that. We're not bound to, you know, getting to the Reformation all in one year. So, so freedom and flexibility is your byword. Yes. In yes. in teaching your own children. Yes. What What do you say to the mom or dad who's uh, who's very I call it very analytical. That is, they like to have a list and mm-hmm. they like to check their, off their list, go down through that throughout the day. And if they get out of the list or if they don't have a list, they feel uh, somewhat abandoned <laughs> or, or <laughs> hopeless or helpless. How, right. How do you and I like that? to have a list, too. I just like to have the flexibility within that list. Okay. But for those who are even extra rigid, um, there is a textbook approach, and there's some wonderful textbook suppliers out there, you know, Becca, Bob Jones, uh, Christian Liberty Press, all, all sorts of different approaches that you can take, you know, where you go from point A to point B, and then you move on to the next point A to point B in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that certainly can be done, and you can provide a very good education for your children that way. But the people that I've met that have started out that way, you know, we have to go from point A to point B, otherwise we're completely lost. Two years down the road, they're a little bit more eclectic and more relaxed because they realize it's a lot more fun than what they thought it would be. So they're actually enjoying, they're finding just a lot of joy in being with their children and learning themselves. They're igniting that fire, even within their own heart and their own soul, And that's being transformed and passed on to their children. And it's really fun to watch. That is fun to watch. That's a tremendous insight. So the freedom and flexibility and ignite a fire into your children Mm -hmm. about learning. Definitely. Well, we're going to have to take a break here uh, just for a brief uh, moment. And when we come back, uh, Lori, we'll talk more about this idea of igniting a fire for your children. And uh, not just filling a bucket, but lighting a fire. You're listening to The Homeschool Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Homeschool Show. We're talking today to Lori Hammer, owner of the Open Door Bookstore, which is a used curriculum store online for homeschoolers. You can uh, speak with her or access that at the homeschoolclassifieds.com. Lori, you're as a homeschool mother, got two kids, and you've been homeschooling six years, I think you said? Yes. You're a homeschool support group leader, a homeschool supervising teacher. You're a busy mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. You had mentioned that you have the bookstore and you talk to a lot of people and you get a lot of phone calls. Doesn't that interfere with your home education uh, responsibility? How do you juggle the bookstore, which I think you said you run out of your home, mm-hmm. and uh, all of the things you have to deal with, husband and family, and how do you deal with all of that? Well, you have to set your priorities straight and make sure you have the right boundaries. Okay. Um, you know, first and foremost is my relationship with Christ. Yes. And so... Um, can't say that every day that I that I that I sit down and have quiet time with him, but I but I do almost every day sit down and have quiet time with him, and you know that just starts my day off. Mm-hmm. And next important is my husband, and you know if the bookstore or anything is interfering with my time with my husband, then I just have to put the bookstore and you know other people aside, um, and say you know set that boundary and then set a specific time. This is when I will get back to you when it's not interfering with my husband or with my children. And we have a rule in my house, you know, when we're doing academics and those kind of things, and I generally don't answer the phone in the morning Yes. when we're doing those things. So, and, and most of the people that I supervise and stuff, they, they know that, so they'll e- email me or they'll leave a message and, you know, say, I know you'll call me back in the afternoon when you have time. And you just have to set those proper boundaries and not let the busyness interfere with what your first calling is. I think sometimes as homeschool moms, we, we lose sight of what our actual calling is. We're first called to be children of God. 
And second, we're called to minister to our husbands. And third, then we're called to minister and disciple our children. And everything else comes after that. So we just have to keep that in the proper perspective. That is so very good to hear you say that. Uh, it warms my heart, really, that, uh, that yeah. that's, that's biblical. And setting priorities, life is fluid, stuff happens. Uh, yeah. As one person says, life happens. And, exactly. Uh, you have to just roll with the punches and say, okay, Lord, this is what I have to do. This is my main thing. This is what your word tells me. And if I don't get to the other part, okay, uh, that, that's part of it. And that's about surrendering every day to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I have my, my list, my plan, and everything I want to get done, and <laughs> none of it happens. The best laid plans of mice and men. Exactly. And then he provided something so much more beautiful than I ever thought that day. So mm-hmm. we just have to go with it. Well, you had mentioned earlier in our first segment uh, about the homeschooling that the reason you're homeschooling and what you encourage others to do is disciple your children. Yes. And uh, in doing that, you've chosen curriculum and you encourage others to choose curriculum that helps you do that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the classics you're reading or a Charlotte Mason approach, or if you're a person who needs uh, the more structured pr- approach of a curriculum uh, that's already printed out and made up. But you also encourage folks to put in their freedom and flexibility. Yes. Uh, but what about the kids? How do you uh, ignite a fire? You'd mentioned that, that you, you we're not really wanting to just fill a bucket stuff things into their brains, but ignite a, a love of learning. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you instill the Word of God in them. And once they have the Word of God in their heart, and you're instilling good character in them, and a love for life, and a love for Christ, then I think the love for learning just kind of follows that. As you're reading your book, or as you're doing your unit study, or whatever it might be, as you're opening their eyes to what God is wanting to teach them and to see them, you know, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His divine nature, and eternal power have been clearly seen, as it says in Romans. Yes. And so when they see that, I think they get more passionate about it. And as you're studying history and how it aligns with the Bible, I know my son just bursts with excitement when he finds something new out. Did you know that this matched at this time with this time with this time? Mm-hmm. And they just go with that. But that's because it was, first of all, it was based on the Bible, and he knew his Bible. And he knew what had happened there, and then all the other pieces fell into place. So when you, when you start with a biblical foundation, and that is your main thing, and you're building good character, and they're instilling the Word of God in their heart, then everything just kind of follows into place. As 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Exactly. Well, you're choosing curriculum. You, you've caught the vision. You fulfilled your state's uh, legal requirements for home education. You've got a curriculum that you think will help disciple your children. You're allowing some freedom and flexibility. You're igniting a fire of learning and love for the Lord. What do you do with extracurricular stuff? How do you take care of some of those other things that may not be part of a curriculum, but they still want to do, like baseball or basketball or other kind of sports? Well, and that's one other thing you have to pray about, too, is it, how is it going to affect your whole family as a whole? Families with more children have more, I think, struggles with doing extracurricular activities and how that affects the family as a whole. My my son is a very good piano player, so that is something that we make time for. Okay. And so that is something that we do, and we allow him to pick one sport or something else that he's really would really like to involve himself in, invest time in. And so then we do that, and we just do it as a family. You know, my home, my husband coaches the baseball team, and so we want to be involved in whatever they're doing, and uh, we don't want to just send them off and say, "Well, go do this and go do that," and then that, that takes away from all of our family time. So I just think it's using a lot of wisdom and discernment in involving yourself in extracurricular activities. And even if all of them are good, it doesn't mean you're supposed to be involved in all of them. If you're spending all your time on the road and you're not at home creating a peaceful home to be in, then it's really not worth it. That's a very good point, creating a peaceful home. That's part of discipling your children, isn't it? 
It is. We don't want to be in chaos. God is a God of order, not chaos. Those are some tremendous thoughts. Lori, we're just about out of time. Our program today has gone very, very quickly. Just to sum up, you've caught the vision, and the vision that you have for home education is discipling your children. Any last word to our listening audience about homeschooling and their their possible aspect of it? Just that God is enough, and His grace is sufficient. You just you have to trust Him. If He's called you to have children, then He's called you to raise them, to disciple them, to educate them. And we just have to trust and believe that. And, you know, Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Mm-hmm. But just to rest in His sufficiency in the palm of His hand. That's tremendous. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being with us. That's all we have time for today here on The Homeschool Show. Don't forget, folks, you can always visit us on the web at thehomeschoolshow.net. Please join us next time as we again look at home education and all of life through the prism of God's Word here on The Homeschool Show. 